Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Okay, it's that time again, to hear JD tell it. You know, Louis Gazard once told a man who had shared something with Louis, Louis leaned back and said, hey, buddy, I don't believe I'd have told that. And what that means is, is there are some things that Jerry Daniels ain't going to tell. They don't need to be told. They don't put me or whoever the story's about in a good light. So I'll just, I'll carry those stories to my grave. <clears throat> well, maybe I shared some of them with my wife, but nonetheless, uh, they ain't going to be told on this channel. But this, this episode is going to be about what I call my, my top 10. And when I say my top 10, I'm talking about probably the top 10 of the dang dumbest things I've ever done. It was truly a uh, sitting on the front row of the classroom called Lessons to be Learned from Life. And I've uh, I've got mine. I'm sure you've got yours. <clears throat> and sometimes it, uh, you got to sit on the front row with that life lesson learned in class. Sometimes you got to sit on the front row and, and you got to do a retake. Sometimes it takes more than one time. I can just tell you for Jerry Daniels, I sat on the front row a lot of times learning repeatedly that maybe that's not the way to do it. <clears throat> so that's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about those. And I know that the, the folks that are listening, you're going to go, man, I, I'm going, I'm going to reminisce with so Jerry because we've all been there. We've all been there. And, you know, and sometimes as a parent and the parents know what I'm talking about, you know, but sometimes as a parent, it's, it's tough. You got to sit back and watch your kids learn the hard way and hope that the results aren't as bad as yours or at least as bad without the uh, lifelong consequences that uh, that they'll have to pay for. But sometimes you just read it. It is, it is I'll admit that. It's, it's tough as a parent to watch your children have to learn something the hard way. Because a lot of our children don't listen to us. And just like when I was young, mom and daddy would tell me stuff. I didn't listen to them. I had to, I had to find it out on myself. So, and I don't know if there's a, if there's a phrase for that, but uh, I don't know. You just got to learn on your own. <clears throat> but I do, I do recall, uh, you know, having to having to learn some of the lessons myself. Uh, you know, I told y'all a story earlier. Uh, I think I told you the story earlier. I don't know. You know what? Some stuff, stuff, stuff starts to run together. But you know, I learned not to put baking soda in Mama's coffee. Uh, if I've already told that story, then if you're old enough, you're probably up for a repeat. But, uh, we had an old coffee urn back there in the grocery store and <clears throat> mama was sent me to go get her a cup of coffee. It was on a busy Saturday. She told me to go get me a cup of coffee, go get her a cup of coffee. And I, and I did. And, uh, there was a, a box of baking soda sitting beside that big old coffee urn back there. And that big old coffee urn probably held, I don't know, a gallon, maybe two gallons of coffee. <clears throat> it got filled in the morning and then it got filled in the afternoon. And uh, I think mostly the the uh, folks in the meat market and daddy and mama probably wanted to drink most of the coffee. 
Um, I don't recall Elton Wadsworth or Billy Layfield drinking a whole lot of coffee. Maybe they did. I don't know. But anyway, the point being is it was a busy Saturday and Mama sent me to go get her a cup of coffee. And I did. And when I was back there getting her coffee, I knew how she liked it. But I seen a box of baking soda. And I thought, oh, I'll play a joke on Mama and I'll put some baking soda in her coffee. And, uh, and I did. And I put a lot. And, uh, and my, my, here's my, my, my objective was just to get a reaction and it would impress or, again, I was just trying to be funny. But uh, the bag boys up front, it was one of them busy Saturdays. Y'all remember, y'all used to come to the Butler Red and White years ago. Bag boys, we wore white shirts with a black tie. And it don't matter if it was 50 degrees, 100 degrees, or 30 degrees. That's what Bob Daniel said. We had to wear. You could either wear a necktie or a bow tie. <clears throat> and some of us wore bow ties. I remember that. Anyway, so I, I brought that coffee back and I set it up there on the cash register, that big old NCR cash register. <clears throat> and I jumped back and I, I think I nudged Chris James. I'm like, watch this. And I think Chris James was up front and, you know, I, I don't I don't recall exactly, but I, I believe Chris James was up there and maybe Rex and Ronnie Robinson was up there and maybe Robert Harris was up there. And, and I don't know, I doubt Billy Layfield was up there. He was more of a manager than, than but uh, anyway, it could have been Bruce Barnes. Maybe he was up there too. But I stepped back and I was waiting for, you know, waiting for that, that moment when mama would take a sip of her coffee. And, and she did. And it didn't go as I had planned. And I thought, well, that's, this is escalating, escalating rather fast. So in less than a, in a blink of an eye, mama commenced to uh, drop the cup, spit coffee on a customer and hit me with a, a, a number four can of green beans faster than the human eye can even comprehend. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. You know, and I, and I would love now in retrospect, I would love it. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't do this. And I regret doing it because I, in mama's end days, I didn't sit down and ask her, Hey, what, 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 what was you thinking? What, what did you think back then when I did that? I didn't, I should have done that. Anyway, that was, that's, that's probably, it's not the number one. I don't have a number one, but this it's on the top list of the, of some stupid stuff I had done. You know, I, I, I woke up mama one time with smelling salts uh, from a football game. And I don't, and, and it's funny, I called my good friend, great American, uh, Todd Smith. I called him last week. And I said, hey, Todd, I was thinking about doing uh, a little clip on this. I said, but I want to make sure I get my facts right, because as we get older, things get foggy. And, you know, and lo and behold, I've even told part of this story wrong for years. Because I don't know why I thought this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I actually thought that the first year that Taylor County had a football team, I didn't think we had a football field. And and the reason I didn't think that is because, you know, me and Todd, and I don't know if Ed Gwynn was involved the very first year or not. He probably was. But I think me, Todd, and Billy McMurray was involved to some degree, but we was kind of like water boys. They called us water boys. Uh, all I know is, is, is I was a gopher. Go get this. Go get that. And, 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 Washed a lot of uh, smelly, oh gosh, it stunk, and smelly uniforms and jock straps. Washed a lot of them, then we made sure that the you know the, the gear was ready and whatnot for the games. But I don't I don't recall us having a feel that first year. But Todd says we did, and I'm and I'm 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 inclined to believe Todd. Let me tell you something. I was talking to Todd Smith last week about the Taylor County football team, the very first one, and it was amazing at that man's memory. 
He told me the first game and what the score was, the second game and what the score was, the third game and what the score. He told me that our first two away, our first two football games, the Telecana had a football team was away and that we lost both of them. And then somebody come over and played the third game at Taylor County at our new football field. And we just took an all glory ass whooping. And I, th- I told Todd, I said, Todd, I don't remember any of that. And I don't, I don't remember that. But it doesn't matter. So I do I do remember this. This, you know, back in the days where we had the Taylor, I'm gonna do a whole episode on the Taylor County Boys School versus the Girls School and the memories that, that made on me. But I, I recall that when we would have football practice, it was out behind the boys school because the field wasn't ready yet. I do remember that. And I also remember that um, you know, today I guess it would probably be illegal. I don't know if it was illegal or not, who knows? But I know that uh there was times where us young students during maybe a, a history class that maybe one of the coaches taught, uh, we got bussed. We got put on buses and taken over to the girls' school, and we picked up rocks and sticks where they was, you know, grading the field for the football field. I do remember that. Anyway, we would practice out back behind the Taylor County Boys' School in an open field that was not suitable for anything. It, it wasn't suitable for planting sand spurs. And that's what was out there was rocks, briars, and sand spurs. And I felt I felt terrible for the fellers. I mean, uh, the first football team, Todd and I talked about it. And I do remember some of the folks, but I, I believe uh, Steve Smith was on it, and Rudy Underwood, and Randy Lawhorn, and Pat Marshall, and Cleo Wilson, and uh, Alfonso Nelson, and and I believe uh, Jimmy Wisdom and Pat Culpepper, uh, Mike Hammock. And I'm probably going to leave somebody out. Bubba Hinton. I think Bubba Hinton was on that team too. Uh, and um, and maybe it was, uh, I think it was Dan Harris. Was Dan Harris on that team? It was one of them. Yeah, I think Dan Harris was on it. I forget, but it was it was, it was was a very small team. I do remember that. And coach was Richard Powell. And I believe, uh, I believe, uh, I don't know if Coach Nappy was on the first one or not. I remember it was uh, Chuck Cantrell and uh, – a guy named Fitz or Fitz or something like that, Fritz, Mix, something like that. And uh, I believe uh, old fellow from Forsyth, Georgia, his mama used to work at my uncle Jesse's Dairy Queen. What was his name? Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But he he was on that he was on that that group of first coaches. And I remember Coach Powell would would he was a place kicker, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about the man's history, but he would. I know he would show fellers how to how to kick a you know a, a kickoff and, a, and an extra point, but. He did it barefooted. It was amazing that man could kick that ball like that barefooted. Jackie Green, that was that other fella's name. Jackie Green, Coach Jackie Green. <clears throat> and he was he was young back then. I remember that. But anyway, so I'm, I'm going, I'm squirreling. I'm, I'm way off on here. Let me get back on track. But we, me and Todd, and, and I think Ed was involved in, maybe Billy McMurray, but we we had gone on some away game, and it was, it was far off. <clears throat> and we come back real late. And, you know, when we got back, uh, had to tend to things at the, at the gym and, and put stuff away and all that mess. But uh, I, I think it was Bobby Nappy. It was one of the coaches, but I believe it was Bobby Nappy. And if it wasn't, then it was somebody else. But <clears throat> one of the coaches, I'll just say that, one of the coaches brought me home. And and let me, let me back up a little bit to tell you that during that game, wherever we went, uh, one of, one of the coaches handed me a couple of them smelling salts and, and here, put these in your pocket. And I don't, I don't know why he gave them to me, but I did. And honestly, 
back then, I, I really didn't know what they did. And I knew that, you know, they had a glass vial in them and I knew they'd break them. <clears throat> and I knew it had a, a strong odor. I didn't, I don't even know if I knew it, if it was ammonia or not, but I knew that when the, when the players got the, the crap knocked out of them and they couldn't get their, uh, get their breath, <clears throat> that they would use them and they would, you know, wave them under them fellers' nose, a football player's nose, and they would, they would come too. That's all I knew. I, I didn't know the science behind it or the chemistry or none of that stuff, but that's, that's what it was. And, and, um, I had some of those in my pocket and, and I come home from that game and this is back in the day and the folks in Butler, Georgia, which it's no different than the other small towns in rural America back in the, in the, in that day. But, uh, we, we didn't lock our doors. We didn't have a reason to lock our doors. And, um, I come home and it was late and mama was on the couch asleep and the TV was making that, that static fuzzy sound. Cause you know, we only got like three or four channels back then and the TV was off. There wasn't no midnight stuff. And mama was laying there on the couch, her head all throwed back. Man, she's snoring. I'm talking about Elder and the Daniels was cutting some serious logs and taking them to the wood pile. They was big ones, buddy. And I, I walked in and that, that old screen door made a slam sound and I shut the door. But she didn't wake up. And I walked in and I said, hey, mama, she didn't wake. She didn't say nothing. I said something again. She didn't say nothing. <clears throat> well, kind of like the, let me see what happens with the, with the bacon soda and the coffee. I, I had these smelling salts in my pocket and I thought, I'm going to see what, you know, I get a chance to use one of them. So I broke one of them and I waved it real fast on the mama's nose and nothing happened. And I did it a couple of times and it didn't, it didn't phase her. And I thought, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. So I just held it under mama's nose and I didn't move it no more. And I held it there for, I don't know, a second or two. <clears throat> and then uh, it escalated rather rapidly. And it did not go as I had had planned. I just thought she'd wake up, but it didn't go that way. Mama lights off, flies up off the couch, knocks me down across that coffee table. I fell back, uh, and she can't breathe. And I and I remember, and of course this all happened so fast. But I remember thinking, well, dang, man, well, why, why can't you breathe? But she she was grasp, gasping for air. <clears throat> she made this ungodly sound, and then she caught her breath. And then in one swooping motion, instead of having a can of green beans handy, it was one of those big damn glass ashtrays that while it probably weighed five pounds, it was like a piece of furniture. It was a big, huge ashtray. It was uh, bigger than some uh, food platters. And that tray was sitting there on the coffee table. And in one smooth, swift motion, she grabbed that damn ashtray and she threw it at me. So here's the grace. The grace is she missed and it hit the fireplace and it busted. I don't recall whatever became of the smelling salt I had in my hand. I have no idea where that went. And um, she reached over there and grabbed a hold of me, shook me, called me a whole bunch of names, and then told me to go to bed. And I did. And I regret not asking Mama, what did you think about that? Or did you go, did you go back there and wake up Daddy and say, hey, Bob, wake up? And then did you tell Daddy, your son's an idiot? I don't know, but I wish I would found out. So there's, there's two of the, of, of the, some really stupid things I've done. And then one time we, we rented a house out on the, uh, out on, uh, I see, man, I can't remember where the highway went, but it was out there, <clears throat> uh, cause all, all of Butler's changed now. It's all different. 
but it was on uh, the highway heading uh, south out of town. And it was uh, out there with Bussy Hammock, uh, not, not Bussy Hammock, where George Hammock used to live. And there was a red brick house out there and the Bones lived out there. And I'm assuming we, I know we did, we rented this red brick house <clears throat> from the Bones. And it was, a, it was, part of it was two story. Alan Smith lived out there for a while. I remember that after we, we, we rented it, you know, years later. But uh, we rented this house and it, it was the Bones. And we rented the, the, the two-story portion and then the other one-story portion that didn't have a, a basement or a foundation, I mean, didn't have a, a second story was, was on the, I think, the south end of the house. And, and a, a lady lived there, and I remember her, her name, she was a bone. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, she was, uh, she was deaf, if I recall. And, but we rented this house there, so it was a two-story. And it had a set of steps that came down from the upstairs to the downstairs, and it went down, I don't know, maybe, you know, everything's bigger when you're little. So I, I'm guessing it was probably 10 steps, and then it hit a landing, and then it hooked a 90 degree to the right, and it went down to the bottom floor. <clears throat> and I, I said earlier that if, if mom and daddy let me stay home for a while by myself, I was bound to get in trouble. Anyway, I had gotten a new bicycle. And when I say new, it was probably a new used bicycle, but I got a new bicycle, and I was, I don't know why, well, yeah, I do do. I knew do why because in the in the grocery store business, we had a lot of spare cardboard, and and we, me and my sister would would bring these big boxes home from the grocery store, and then we would make sleds out of them, and we would ride. And I know some of my friends, and maybe even some of Robin's friends, partake in this with us, but we would ride in sleds down them steps, and it was fun. It was fun. It was learning. I know somebody. You know, today, today, uh, uh, even me as a parent today, I'd go, no, man. You ain't doing that. You know, you can get hurt. And it's all about, you know, don't do that because you can get hurt. It's not about don't do that. I don't want you to learn lessons. So anyway, so me and Robin learned a lot of lessons about sledding, about gravity. But I I was there by myself, and I don't know why, but I thought, hell, I bet I can ride my bicycle down these steps. And brother, let me tell you, I got my bicycle up that first set of steps, hooked that 90 degree and went upstairs. And I thought, I'll, I'll come downstairs. And I did. And the first couple of times, it went well. And then all of a sudden, it didn't go well. And uh, I think I may have knocked a hole in the wall. But it gets better. I don't stop. I figure, well, okay, I'm learning here. I'm learning how to, how to manage this, navigate, and control the speed and the angle and all that mess. And my last trip, my last trip down them steps in our house on my bicycle, I come down there, and I, that was the first time I was actually able to safely navigate and not have to stop at the turning point. And I figured if I get over on the far left, I'll have enough room to do better, so I did. I come down, pass that hole in the wall I did not, come flying down that other steps. And as I got right at the end, I noticed there's a man standing there, and it was Bob Daniels. And I thought, oh, this is not going to go well. And it didn't. It didn't. And... Uh, and I, and I regret not asking daddy, daddy, when, when I, when I did that, you called me, what did you think? Did you think stuff like, this is the reason people don't have children or something to that effect? <clears throat> but anyway, so that was, that was uh, another one of those top things there that was the stupid things that, uh, that I, that I did and I probably shouldn't have. And then I remember one time I was, I was at the grocery store <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> 
this is kind of like a, you know, things are not always as they appear type situation. But there was, man, I want to think it was, uh, it was, it was the daughter. It was Pat Culpepper's sister. I can't remember her first name. That's terrible. And maybe somebody a comment on a, on an email or 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 a Facebook post or something and tell me that girl's name. But uh, this was this was actually at the other store. I think it was at the newer store. But it was Miss Culpepper's daughter, and she and she was funny. <clears throat> and you know, and monkey see, monkey do. And I, anyway, I, I anyway. Bottom line is. I, I thought it was her and it wasn't her and I, and I forget who it was, but I, I, I know the girl's name and if I it'll come to me, but it was somebody that looked like her from the back. That's all, all, all I'll say. And, but I thought it was somebody else and I ran up <clears throat> and I know today this, this is not right. It wasn't right then either, but it, today it, it damn sure ain't right. But I, I, I ran past her and I slapped her on the butt and I turned around and it was not who I thought it was. <clears throat> And uh, I thought that girl's mama was going to kill me. I thought both of them was going to kill me. They was in the grocery store shopping, and here comes Bob Daniels' son, Jared, runs by and slaps her on the on the tail. And and then I stopped to pause because I thought it was going to be funny, and I thought it was somebody else, and it wasn't that person. So uh, anyway, that wasn't at the top of the list, but that was that was uh, that was one of the uh, stupid things I'd ever done. And then I'm going to tell you something else I did. And I think I was put up to this, and y'all may remember these things, but. Uh, there was a time back in the 70s, you could buy some pretty stupid stuff. It was probably not, you know, safe. But uh, you could buy these things. And I thought, I think you bought them at, you know, I don't know if you bought them at gas stations or or, or maybe at, uh, at the Macon Mall in the 70s when Spencer's was, you know, had all those things in there. Every, every, every young uh, boy and girl from Taylor County went to the Macon Mall you know, other than going to the Orange Julius and the, and the first Chick-fil-A we ever saw in our life or going to Warden Billy Edwards' T-shirt to get you a T-shirt, you, uh, you had to go to Spencer's. And our parents didn't like going in there, but we loved going in there. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's what we did. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyway, I bought a, uh, I bought one of them devices, and I don't know the name of it, but it was a, a thing that you, you, you took it, a person's spark plug cable off their car and then you you wired it in <clears throat> so that when the car started and the spark started, you know the the, the spark would go from the <clears throat> the uh, distributor to the uh, to the spark. Anyway, I didn't get too technical. Bottom line, you start your car, that thing would would pop and whistle, and it would make a ton of smoke. <clears throat> I had bought one of those, and I shared it with somebody at the grocery store. This was at the new store. I shared it with it, and I think it was uh, it was either Billy Layfield or Elton Wasworth. It was one of them two. It, it may have been Don King. I don't remember. But anyway, I shared it with one of the older fellers, <clears throat> and they convinced me or coached me or persuaded me to put it on a certain man's car, and it was one of the butchers. And I forget which one it was. It may it could have been J.E. Moncrief or J.O. Turner or what. We had a Barfield man that worked there for a while. But uh, I did it, and I, I crawled out there, you know. And I, <clears throat> anyway, I went out to that man's car, and I, I hooked it all up, and we was all getting ready to leave, and we was all kind of pausing on purpose, waiting. And uh, you know what? Uh, that one too escalated rather quickly because that man was not impressed, and he taught me that. You know, here's a lesson in that one. There was a lesson in all of these, but that man taught me, and I guess 
you know what? He probably was was uh, reserved in his behavior because he worked for daddy. He probably did. If Had he not worked for daddy, he would have probably beat me. But I'm telling you what, that fellow did everything but beat me. And it was, it was, and also I learned two lessons. I learned that the audience that was ready and was going to watch, they all disappeared. I turned around, I'm like, well, well, dang. All of a sudden I was by myself and it was obvious who did it. And, um, and he taught me a lesson about how he could screw up his car and mess up. I don't know if it's true or not, but he told me it could, it could screw up the timing and mess up his car and all this kind of stuff. That was probably all just made up. I can, now that I'm, I know about automotive stuff, I don't think that's, that was possible. But uh, he, he made me take it off. He made me take it off. I do recall that. So there was a lesson to be learned there. So, well, I thought I was going to get the top 10. I'm just going to get through uh, those right there because I'm already, I'm going to try to always keep these under 30 minutes. I'm quite frankly, I'd rather keep them less than, uh, than 25 minutes because we're also daggum busy. <clears throat> so what's the moral of the story is, uh, I don't know if there's a moral of the story. I can just tell you that back in the day, I think we as uh, children were given, I don't know if it was with purpose, but we were we were allowed or presented or given the opportunity to learn a lot the hard way. And our parents were less inclined to intervene. And they was like, well, just let them go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll learn. And we did. And we did. And you know what? I look back now at me raising our children and there was, there was a few things, but I guess as we get smarter and we learned that, well, dang, you know, yeah, we learned something, but we were also lucky and luck and hope is not a good strategy for anything. Yes, it's luck and hope is not a good strategy for combat. Luck and hope is not a good strategy for running a business. And you know what? Luck and hope is not a good strategy for raising children. And I think that's what I'm not. I'm not bashing mom and daddy. I mean, mom and daddy did the best they could with what they had. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed I'm alive. So, all right. So I'll, I'll cover a few more um, stories later, but about, you know, some stupid stuff I did. And Lord knows I got a laundry list of them, <clears throat> but that's it. That's just some of the things, you know, to hear me tell it is uh, don't put baking soda in your mama's coffee. Don't ride your bicycles down the stairs in your house. And uh, don't wake your mama up with smelling salts. And whatever you do, don't put a, an electronic device on a man's car. Uh, it may not go well. <clears throat> so that's it. This is another episode of Jerry Daniels. And to hear me tell it, y'all remember this. Above all else, God is good. God is beyond good. God is great. God is awesome. God is the Almighty. And uh, he loves us no matter how bad we've been and how bad we are. God loves us and he always wants us to come to him. And that's all I can say about that. So, as my great friend from Easley, South Carolina, retired Navy warrant officer Mike Coker would say, bicycle, y'all have a blessed day. <laughs>